Amid new talk of criminalizing abortion, research shows the dangers of making it illegal for women. Let's put girls in there too, to be fully respectful. By William Wan, April 5, 2018. Women who get an abortion should face the death penalty, a Republican candidate in Idaho said this week. A columnist hired and just fired by the Atlantic Magazine has said such women should be hanged in a newly emerged audio interview that has sparked controversy online. And a bill introduced last month in Ohio would ban all abortions in the state and allow those who have or provide abortions to be charged with murder. The idea of criminalizing abortions is not new, but a push has emerged recently among some anti-abortion advocates for enacting strict penalties against women who have the procedure, not just doctors and clinics that provide abortions. Research over the past decade, however, cast significant doubt on whether criminalizing abortion would reduce abortion rates. And data from countries where abortion is outlawed suggests it could have serious consequences on women's health and safety. The day after he made his controversial statement advocating the death penalty for women who get abortions, Idaho candidate for Lieutenant Governor Bob Nanny backtracked slightly saying that doctors who perform the abortion should be the focus of prosecutions. There is no way a woman would go to jail, let alone face a death penalty. The statute alone, the threat of prosecution would dramatically reduce abortion, he said in a statement. That is my goal. Research has consistently undercut that argument. A 2016 global study published in the medical journal The Lancet found that abortions occur just as frequently in countries with the most legal restrictions, 37 per 1,000 women, as in countries with the fewest restrictions, 34 per 1,000 women. The study revealed that abortion rates had fallen significantly in the past 14 years in developed countries where laws tended to be more lax, but largely stayed the same in poorer countries with more restrictive laws. The study's authors concluded this was likely because the countries with the most rules against abortion also tended to offer less access to modern contraception, sex education, and family planning services. The evidence is clear that the most effective way to reduce abortion rates is to prevent unintended pregnancies through modern contraceptives, said Heather Boonstra, public policy director at the Gut Matcher Institute. The other key data point that has emerged from research over the years is the relationship between abortion laws and safety. In countries where abortion is most restricted, the procedure is much more dangerous for women. In a report last year, the World Health Organization found that in countries where abortion is completely banned or permitted only to save the woman's life or health, one in four abortions was safe. By comparison, in countries where abortion is legal, nearly nine in 10 abortions were performed safely. The WHO researchers found that 45% of abortions worldwide were unsafe and damaging about 25 million women each year. Laws against abortion have additional consequences for women. In El Salvador, for example, abortion is illegal with no exceptions. Women found guilty of getting an abortion can face years in prison. In February, one Salvadorian woman who had spent almost 11 years in prison was freed after the Supreme Court commuted her sentence. Suicide is the leading cause of death among pregnant teenagers in that country. In the United States and elsewhere, many conservatives say that abortion amounts to the murder of a child. In Idaho, a group called Abolish Abortion Idaho started a ballot initiative that would allow authorities to charge abortion providers and women who get abortions with first-degree murder. And a Republican state senator there tried to introduce a bill that would classify abortion as first-degree murder. When Donald Trump was 
running for the White House, he also said that women who have abortion should be punished, a position he later reversed. Some abortion rights advocates see the wave of increasingly harsh rhetoric and proposed bills as part of a larger effort by abortion opponents to overturn Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision that underpins the legality of abortion in the country. Punishing women for trying to access safe legal abortion has been a strategy of anti-abortion politicians in Congress and in state houses across this country for years, said Dan Labian, Executive Vice President of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. While they have been plotting to block abortion access, women have mobilized, organized, and run for office to fight it back against these attacks who will continue to fight. So here's what I say to this um, article. I despise the overturning of versus Roe versus Wade. I again I despise the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Here's why I say that. I am for abortion rights. I am for reproductive rights. I am for sexual and health and reproductive rights. Um, I am for abortion access. I am for safe legal abortion. And accessibility. Um, I do love the point that I I I am for reducing abortion rates in terms of the effective ways, and I love that preventing unintended pregnancies through modern contraceptives is a healthy way to reduce abortion rates. I think that is good. I think. The best ways to reduce the abortion rates is safe and legal access to modern contraception, sex education, family planning services. I think those ways you would see a reduction of abortion. Um, when I say safe and legal and accessible, I also say affordable. So when you hear me say safe and legal, also know that I'm also saying accessible and affordable. Um, I think about how um, I hate that suicide is the leading cause of death among pregnant teenagers in El Salvador. I think that is appalling to me. Um, Guilty of getting an abortion in prison time. I think that is awful and immoral. Uh, I'm thankful the Supreme Court commuted the prison sentence of one one Salvadorian woman. I hate that 25 million women each year are endangered. I hate that there. I hate that 45 percent of abortions worldwide were unsafe. I hate that abortion is completely banned. Um, I understand that permitted only to save the woman's life or health. I get that. I respect that. But still, there should be more effective reasons for the allowance of abortion. Right. 
what I mean by that is, let's say a, somebody got raped and a baby could be born from that. I hate to marry a rapist law. I hate rapists having custody of kids. I hate rapists having parental rights. Um, let's see. What else should I address? Okay. Abortion should never be classified as murder under any, under any degree, in my view. I think charging abortion providers and women with abortions with any kind of murder is cruelty, high cruelty. Um, abortion does not amount to the murder of the child. That's that. That's what I'm saying. Um, I also want to say that um, I would say that Bob Nanini is wrong. I would say that the Ohio bill is wrong. Uh, the Republican candidate in I I Idaho who said women would get abortion, we should base death on teeth. Let's see, you're saying that abortion is murder, but adult murder is fine. So they're saying unborn murder is horrible, but already born Nine adult murder is justifiable. There's no intelligence to that thought nor statement. Can I find any wisdom in that so-called ideology in quotations? That is disrespectful to actually good philosophies. Um, I despise the criminalization of abortion. And Donald Trump is a liar, so why not? understand that he reverses what he says quite often. I'm siding with the abortion rights advocates. And I'm, I'm proud of Planned Parenthood Federation of America for continuing to fight. Now, here we go. Why this is that was the Washington Post, the one I just read to you. Let's read some more. Independent. Why abortion rates go down under Democratic presence and Republican bans won't make much difference. This is Tuesday, September 20th, 2021, Tim Mullaney, New York. The problem pro-lifers don't acknowledge is their completely wrong view of who has abortions and why. As with economics, if you want the results, 
Republicans promise you got to vote with the Democrats. I'm a veteran of interesting family holidays, married to a former Planned Parenthood sex educator and the brother of a lawyer whose best known client was an abortion clinic block cater. To borrow from Johnny Mitchell, I've looked at love from both sides now, and when are the Supreme Court's coming decisions on the abortion laws in Mississippi and Texas won't change much. What might is a $3.5 trillion stimulus bill the House of Representatives will bring to a vote this week, replete with measures, tax credits to attack child poverty, better health insurance, subsidized child care for working moms that will make it easier for women to carry their pregnancies to term. The problem pro-life in quotations don't acknowledge their completely wrong view of, the, of is their completely wrong view of who has abortions and why. Data from the Gut Nature Institute and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention demonstrate that abortion is primarily an economic problem. Most happen early in pregnancies the Mississippi's law would attack, and in states that won't narrow abortion access, even if the court overturns Roe v. Wade. They are sought by poor women who can't easily support a child, or in most cases, another child. With 860,000 abortions a year, gut matrix estimates are about 620,000 students and servers, which don't include California and Maryland. The numbers are small enough to find patterns that defy stereotypes. There are five data-driven reasons there are more why the best pro-life vote, the least divisive, and most effective is the vote for the stimulus that no congressional Republican will cast. They are one. About 90% of abortions are done in the 13 weeks of pregnancy. Mississippi's law bars abortions after 15 weeks and won't stop any of these. Since Mississippians only have about 3,000 abortions a year, its law might prevent 300. Texas would bar abortions after about 60. The largest number of abortions happen between weeks 6 and 8, but more on that below. 2. Most abortions happen in pro-choice states, so letting those states bar abortion wouldn't change anything. The, three, the 132,000 abortions in heavily Democratic California won't be affected. Ditto the 300,000 plus in New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Mississippi, um, I'm sorry. Ditto the 300,000 plus in New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Minnesota, New Jersey, Colorado, Virginia, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Oregon, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, all of which have Democratic governors. Well, Virginia used to. Um, just ain't happening. In fact, the only states with higher than average abortion numbers and GOP governors are Florida, Texas, and Georgia. All three have gubernatorial elections next year as the swing states, Ohio, North Carolina, and Arizona, which account for about 60,000 abortions. For those who oppose a woman's right to choose in laws like Mississippi's might deny 35,000 abortions a year. A 4% decline, that's 85,000 nationally done late enough in pregnancy to be covered, with fewer than half in states that might pass such a law. That's not many. Texas law might be more, but it's also less likely to pass judicial muster, more likely to spark defiance and travel across state lines, and more likely to make Republicans lose 2022 elections, especially in Florida, where 70,000 women yearly terminate pregnancies. Three, the people having abortions are not who pro-life is quote-unquote talk about. For our years of arguing about parental consent for young women's abortions, only a tiny fraction are had by people under 18, and only 10% by people under 20, the CDC says. 
But everything we've heard from anti-abortion activists about protecting the sanctity of families and parental authority over child rearing by barring abortion is false. One has little to do with the other. These are adults, not children, making childish pleasure-seeking decisions. About half of abortion seekers also support having birth control when they conceive. For abortion seekers don't hate children. Indeed, perhaps the most unexpected statistic in either gut nature or CDC data from someone who is both pro-life and pro-autonomy is that 59% of abortion seekers already have a child. The linchpin of the cultural argument against abortion is that its proponents hate children or at least devalue them. They should be forced to love them. Ohio Senate candidate J.D. Vance take a bow. It's false and insulting. Give or take the moment when you discover the zillions dirty diaper people with children don't hate them. Any parent knows this. Another thing that parents of all incomes know is that children cost a fortune for food, for babysitters, for doctors, you name it. And guess who doesn't have it? The majority of abortion patients. Do the math. If the extra help convinced 60% of the abortion seekers who are already moms that could handle one more mouth to feed, that would mean 330,000 fewer abortions a year across the U.S. That's 1,000 times what Mississippi's law alone would do. Five abortion seekers ski very poor. It's about the money. Congress bars federal funding of abortions. Now, in 16 states, use state Medicaid money to pay for them. Yet 24% of abortions are covered by Medicaid, which isn't available to single women who make more than 17000 in my state. Your state may vary. CDC says, what does that tell you? Abortion patients are overwhelmingly poor. Gut makes just 75% are either in poverty or living just, below, living just above the poverty line. Did you think the 16 states with the overwhelming reliance on Medicaid are a fluke? That all the spoiled brat abortion seekers go to states like Mississippi so they can pay out of pocket? Come on. Patients in Alabama and Arkansas are poor too. They simply find the money somewhere. Because if $500 for an abortion isn't the issue, the issue is supporting an extra child. And a poor mother seeks to abort her second or third pregnancy is probably about money. Most life decisions are especially when you don't have much. What works better, yelling or solving the money problem? That's where the stimulus comes in. As part of a long overdue orientation of federal priorities from the wants of upper income people to the needs of middle class families and below the bill tackles the very problems that lead to the largest number of abortions. If you're Joe Manchin's strong Democratic moderate or relatively bipartisan GOP anti-abortion stalwart like New Jersey Representative Chris Smith, and you want to tell conservative voters why you shift about 1% of the economy annually from better off people to poor working class folks say you did it for the babies, it'll technically be um I just also want to say that um, I believe this is a hard thing for me. I'm not attacking pro-lifers. I highly respect the pro-life decision. Um, and to be honest, I don't have a us versus them mentality towards anti-abortion persons. Um, my personal view on abortion is, is 
I'll, I'll never say make abortion rare. I did in a previous episode. I won't say that anymore because I've evolved even more on the subject and I still am. So that's why I revisit some episodes because I continue to grow. Um, I think... course I'm going to read more um, because this is a very uh, sensitive issue um, for me. But let me say that I really do understand the sensitivity of this matter because I know in certain realities um, not certain realities, but I understand the whole, I don't want any pregnancy to be terminated mentality that many people have. And so I don't, um, have any antagonism towards people who feel that way because it would be nice to live in a world where, um, that sensitive decision would have to be made. And I'm not castigating anybody who has made or makes a pregnancy termination as a choice for them. And I'm not saying the world is bad because of it. No, the world is good. Even though you have abortion in it, the world is good. Um, what I'm saying is Let's try, you know, I was thinking maybe we could make abortion as low as we can. I'm not saying high amounts of abortion make girls bad, nor women bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that high amounts mean that people are, you know, off. I'm not saying that. I'm not attacking anybody against abortions. I'm not attacking, um anybody who has had them I'm not saying that high is a negative reflection I'm merely talking about the effective ways of reducing abortion rates that have been proven I was like if we could advertise what women and girls need there'd be less and less to make it as low as you can. I, I, I don't think rare. No, no, not rare. Um, because rare never happens. So I try to be practical in reasonable terms of other complex issues. Um, you know, I understand the mentality of people like, but man, you know, the pregnancies, you know, terminating pregnancy, so-and-so could have been a history maker or inventor mathematician. I also understand people say, but I need to get an abortion. Um, The type of family situation I'm in, the type of neighborhood I'm in, the type of country and state and city and capital and nation and continent I'm in, and these circumstances that I'm in, I have to get them. And so 
I respect that. I'm not a, I'm not attacking those who get will get or have gotten abortions. I'm also not attacking pro-life. I'm not I'm not attacking anti-abortion people. I'm not no. I try to point out the facts. So I think there's more that I'm definitely going to say. Um, here's the one of the best ways to to articulate what I'm saying. Here, here, here's more. Please pay attention. I voted for people who were outlaw abortion. I saw how investing in people reduces abortions much more. That's what I'm saying. The title gives away my view, so please pay attention. Daniel Burmaster, Ohio, Iowa View, 601 AM CDT, October 6, 2020. This is the election year. Focusing on the moral victory, making abortion illegal does nothing to the frequency of abortion. I agree with that. A practical victory, making abortion unnecessary, requires looking at policies and programs. I agree with that. I'm not against the necessariness of abortion. I'm not. I'm just saying that let's find other ways to... I'm not saying get rid of abortion. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is let's look at how women are affected totality in totality I think that's the I think that is the most compassionate way to look at the uh, subject of abortion Betty Grandquist is 91 and a former nurse who cared for women on both sides of the road versus the decision to legalize abortion NBC News recently reported that 30% of Republicans vote on a single issue abortion they may disagree with their party on health care education tax policy social safety nets and maybe but they will hold their nose and cast a vote for Donald Trump on November 3rd because they believe we'll get us closer to eradicating abortion in America. For them, it is a moral vote. I, and the writer says, I can empathize. I used to be one of those single-issue voters for a long time and felt like the only moral choice. But I have learned over time that focusing on the moral victory, making abortion legal, does nothing to impact the frequency of abortion. And again, I agree with if my true is a, If my true goal is a practical victory, making abortion necessary, I need to look at the policies and programs that result in actually decreased number of abortions. That's how I see it. The data on this is pretty clear. The abortion rate in America decreases under Democratic presence and policies while the rate remains virtually stagnant under the Republican administration. Agree. I agree with that. In the first year of George W. Bush's presidency, for example, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported 853,485 abortions from women ages 15 to 44. In 2008, the final year of the Bush administration, that number was 825,564, a mere 3% decrease in eight years. Contrast that with the Obama administration. Abortion rate dropped by 24% between 2000 and 2015, resulting in 300,000 fewer abortions every year. Uh, the data clearly shows that when you invest in programs that address the lack of education, limited access to health care, and economic uncertainty that contribute to increased rates of unplanned and unwanted pregnancy, you're much more likely to decrease the number of abortions. I agree. It's the difference between a victory in principle and a victory in fact. Agreed. Investments in health care, paid family leave, and child care equip pregnant women with the support they need to carry and raise a child. 
Renewed focus on equal pay, comprehensive facility, and sexual case for our young people, and properly funded, publicly funded access to family planning services all lead to fewer abortions. Agreed. That combined with renewed efforts to combat domestic violence go much farther toward eradicating abortion in this country than merely appointing pro-life judges. I agree with all those things. If your true goal is a practical victory, then your choice in this election is clear. Joe Biden is the only candidate whose policies have any hope of sunsetting abortion in America by virtue of breaking it unnecessary. Um, I agree. I agree. Notice, I get facts for you to understand why. Um... reading some of this so some of these articles I have to read again it's okay because I constantly stay uh, educated um, here we go another episode about this subject in the morning so stay tuned